welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. So this gospel reading, um, it's kind of strange that we always come to John because the gospel we call John doesn't have the meal in the gospel. There's no cup and bread. There's no giving of do this in remembrance of me. Instead, we have something else that we focus on in this fourth gospel. It's called Maundy Thursday. And it comes, I used to as a kid, I thought it was just the lazy way to bridge the gap. You had Palm Sunday, then you had Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday. So you just kind of crammed Monday, Thursday all together. I learned later that's not what it is. Mondi comes from the Latin word mandatum. Mandatum gives us our English word mandate or command. And so we always come to this passage on Monday, Thursday. As we take communion... We read the passage that doesn't have communion because the focus of tonight is about the mandate, the command that Christ gave. It's kind of strange that we do it that way. And you might be asking, what is the command? Well, the command given in our fourth gospel, um, it's after the meal. It's kind of casually mentioned that there's a meal and then it moves into a scene where there's a command given. So the focus is not the meal in John. There was a meal way back when 5,000 were fed, the only meal where Jesus talks about that he is the living bread. But later in John, it's not the meal, it's, it's barely mentioned, and instead it's what happens afterward. Um, there's a reason that John doesn't focus on the meal, and that will be a conversation for another day because John just approaches this all a little differently. But we're going to hear the passage from John chapter 13 and listen for the command or the mandate that is the reason we are here. Before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his time had come to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were here in the world, he loved them fully. Jesus and his disciples were sharing the evening meal. The devil had already provoked Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew the Father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from Father God and was returning to God. So he got up from the table and took off his robes. Picking up a linen towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he was wearing. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will understand later. No, Peter said, You will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't have a place with me. Simon Peter said, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus responded, Those who have bathed need only to have their feet washed because they are completely clean. Your disciples are clean, but not every one of you. He knew who would betray him. That's why he said not every one of you is clean. After he washed the disciples' feet, 
he put on his robes and returned to his place at the table. He said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly because I am. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must wash each other's feet. I have given you an example, just as I have done, you also must do. I assure you, servants aren't greater than their master, nor are those who are sent greater than the ones who sent them. Since you know these things, you will be happy if you do them. Now the human one has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify the human one in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children, I'm with you for a little while longer. You will look for me, but just as I told the Jewish leaders, I tell you now, where I'm going, you can't come. I give you a new commandment, love each other, just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. So what is the command? What? To love each other. As I have loved you, you must love each other. This is how people will know that you are my disciples if you love each other. Three times it's given. Not accidentally. Sometimes it takes us three times to hear what's being said. This is our mandate. This is our command, to love each other. This doesn't mean we need to be swept off our feet by each other. It's not really how it works, is it? This isn't a love that's a feeling. This love is a choice. This love is an action. It's a commitment. That's why Jesus can command it of us. We aren't just to love each other the best we know how when it's convenient, or when we feel like it. We're to love each other as Christ has loved us. We have the example, and we are called to live it. So Jesus washed feet. That's why we come to this passage, because of the washing of the feet. Notice all the details given. Jesus gets up from the table, from the head, as the Lord, as the rabbi, removes himself from the place of honor, and instead takes off his robe, which would be getting pretty comfortable, right? Be getting pretty comfortable in the space. Be intimate, be vulnerable. It would be taking off your honor. He then wraps a towel around himself like a servant. And then he pours the water into the wash basin. And then he washes the feet. And then he takes the dirt from their feet and it's on himself and the towel that he uses to dry. All this detail given to exactly what Jesus did. It's no small thing what he did. But it's not all that we sometimes make it out to be. What was he thinking as he derobed and tied the towel and poured the water? What were the disciples thinking to themselves watching this unfold? We don't know. Um, the foot washing should have been done already. You go to a meal, you have your feet, you wash your feet, you come in, you've, you've been dirty, you've been stepping in stuff. You wash your feet as you come in because you don't want to bring anything dirty to the table. It should have been done. It wasn't. We don't know why. It was a common tradition, a courtesy. You would have, you would have 
had your feet washed plenty of times if you were living in that culture. So everyone there knew it hadn't been done, and no one did anything about it, which says something. But Jesus does. Jesus does what others would not. And then he says, do you know what I've done for you? Nope. The disciples, bless their hearts. They just struggle to get it, don't they? And don't we all? Too many times they were focused on what was in it for them. Some of them have been arguing about who will sit at Jesus' right and Jesus' left. Some of them wanted Jesus to lead a revolt and do things the way that they anticipated. They just struggled. And if we're honest, so do we. Sometimes we're in it for ourselves. And we may not think so. But if we're in it for following Jesus to avoid death, if we're following Jesus so that we can be vindicated or that we can be blessed or that we can be right or that we can be seen as good boys and girls in the eyes of God, I wonder if we're missing some of the point of it all, just like the disciples, which is why I'm grateful for the disciples' struggle. We're not alone. Amen? Jesus, not once in all the scripture, says, read your Bible. Jesus doesn't say, come to church every single week. Jesus doesn't say you must all believe the same things about marriage, about politics. You must all agree. Not once does Jesus say that. We hold these things in high value, don't we? Lots of things in high value. And you know what? Those are good things. But they're not the point. We aren't commanded to do them by Jesus. That's not the mandate we receive. Jesus doesn't say that's how people will know that we are disciples. Instead, it's how we love each other. That's how people will know. And how often I forget, and maybe you're with me, we get distracted. We get fixated on other things, just like the disciples. I've been a part of many Monday Thursday foot washings. Have you done a foot washing on Monday Thursday? It's a beautiful ceremony, but I wonder if that doesn't not assist us in getting the point too at times because we make it a once a year ritual rather than a lifetime mandate every day. Now what Jesus did that night, he fulfilled a need. It should have been done and it wasn't. The disciples would have known it and probably would have seen it as demeaning to do all the things that Jesus did to prepare to do what he did. They would have seen it as beneath them. That's why Peter struggled. He couldn't picture Jesus being in this demeaning position. Jesus did not see it as demeaning. Jesus saw it as an opportunity to serve and to love. And to him, it's not a question of whether it's demeaning, if it's an opportunity to serve and to love. Jesus says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Say that again. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. Following tradition a third time. And let's just really think about it for a second. Jesus Christ did not come to be served, but to serve. That is the Savior we uplift. Those are his words, not mine, by the way. They're uncomfortable because we've even ritualized serving Jesus. We're not called to wash each other's feet today. 
you were, if you were worried that that's where it was going. It's not where it's going. And we're not even called to wash each other's feet out there because that's not part of our tradition. That's not a common need that may go undone that we can jump in and do. But there are other things that need to be done. There might be things that might seem demeaning. Everyone else is waiting to see who will do it because they wouldn't dare. Jesus would say, it's an opportunity for my disciples to serve. It doesn't matter how you look. What matters is if you love each other the way that I have loved you. So what are the common daily practices in our routine, in our everyday lives that we see need to be done? Because we're all placed upon a path every single day. We go places, we see people, we notice things. Are we like the disciples? We're waiting for someone else to do it? Or are we looking for the opportunity to serve and to love? How can we look at our world with those kinds of eyes? And what would the world look like? One third of the world is Christian. What would it look like if one third of the world seized every opportunity to lovingly serve and address the needs they see? It would be a different world, would it not? And even in your lives, what would it be for your relationships, for your daily routine, if you were seizing every opportunity to live out the mandate that Christ gave us? It would change things. People would see you differently. What would they see? A disciple of Jesus Christ. It would change everything. Now, some of you do this. And I want to specifically lift up those who are caretakers. Because we have some caretakers in our congregation that take care of, of a spouse or a parent or a sibling or a child or a friend or a neighbor. Caretaking is such a great example because you have the relationship, but then there's a need. And a caretaker chooses to embrace that need. And if you've ever done caretaking, you know it's not easy. It is a choice. It's hard. It's demeaning and it's downright awkward at times. Amen? But it changes the relationship with the person. You get to know each other in deeper ways because you're hinging it on a love that is different than just what feels good and is fun in the moment. So I lift up caretakers. That's not the only example, but a great example of real love. Tonight, we will take communion. We will do this because we are going to connect to the other three gospels in the meal that is uplifted in this final supper. But I want us to consider, as we take communion, if we truly know what Christ has done for us. The reason we take this meal is because Christ gave the ultimate gift and a loving sacrifice and service to us. He lovingly gave his body completely. And we take the meal to remember. He remained obedient to loving service, even in ways that seemed demeaning and dishonorable to others. He did it when people in charge and the systems and structures said, this makes us uncomfortable. When rulers were threatened because people were responding to the kind of love and leadership he was showing, Christ kept going and doing until the only choice they had was to kill him. And he remained obedient for us, loving us every step of the way. So we take this meal 
to remember that love. Jesus spent his life setting people free from their burdens and sins, and that invitation is still available for us today. Not only for us, but through us as the body of Christ for the world around us. Amen? He gave his body and loving service for you and for you and you and you and all of creation. He gave his blood for the redemption of all things. Praise God. So we take from this one loaf, and we are going to have one loaf this evening. It's already broken apart. We're going to try to be mindful of germs anyway. But we have one loaf, thank you, Lois, that we will offer to remind us that we are all part of the one body, even when we don't agree. We can still love each other. Amen? We take from the cup as a reminder that we all struggle with sin. All of us fall short of the glory of God. Amen. God's loving service to us in Jesus Christ is an example and a template of how we are called to love others completely, even giving of ourselves. And we're to do this for one another, just as Christ did. So as we prepare for communion in a moment, we will have confession. Take a moment to consider the words that we read together. Consider it through the lens of the mandate. Let us make a commitment to carry Monday Thursday far beyond this time and this place and even this group of people out into the world that it's not a once a year night. It's an everyday choice and way of life. Let the great mandate of Jesus Christ be the way of your life that all people may know we are his faithful disciples. We thank you for worshiping with us. And it is our hope that through the Holy Spirit, you have felt the touch of God upon your life. If you would like to know more about our church and its ministries, please visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.